This is a Stillwater Revival Books audiobook selection. Please join us at PuritanDownloads.com to see all the new 99-cent digital downloads. Reformation in Puritan Books, Psalms Singing MP3s, and so on. The new SWRB Puritan Hard Drive, and much more. The new website is state-of-the-art and contains Puritan Hard Drive videos, Puritan Quo videos, free samples of Psalms Singing, MP3s, a powerful search engine, new material, Puritan books, MP3s and videos, that you may follow through an RSS feed, and it is very easy to navigate. That's PuritanDownloads.com. The following letter by Jonathan Edwards was written to a young lady soon after her conversion who needed pastoral advice. It was circulated after Jonathan Edwards died, and has been recirculated for a number of years. Dear child, as you desired me to send you in writing some directions on how to conduct yourself in your Christian course, I will now answer your request. The sweet remembrance of the great things I have lately seen at Suffold, and the dear evidences of a saving work of God upon their hearts also inclines me to do anything that lies in my power to contribute to the spiritual joy and prosperity of God's people there. And what I write to you, I would also say to the other young women there who are your friends and companions and the children of God. Therefore, I desire you would communicate it to them as you have opportunity. Number one. I would advise you to keep up as great a strife and earnestness in religion in all aspects of it, as you would do if you knew yourself to be in a state of nature and you were seeking conversion. We advise persons under convictions to be extremely earnest for the kingdom of heaven, but when they have attained conversion they ought not to be the less watchful, laborious, and earnest in the whole work of religion but the more for they are under infinitely greater obligations. For lack of this, many persons in a few months after their conversion have begun to lose a sweet and lively sense of spiritual things, and to grow cold and flat and dark. They have pierced themselves through with many sorrows, whereas if they had done as the Apostle did in Philippians 3, 12-14, their path would have been as a shining light, which shines more and more unto the perfect day. Number two, do not leave off seeking, striving, and praying for the very same things that we exhort unconverted people to strive for, and a degree of which you have had already in conversion. Pray that your eyes may be opened, that you may receive sight, that you may know yourself and be brought to God's footstool, and that you may see the glory of God in Christ, and may be raised from the dead, and have the love of Christ shed abroad in your heart. Those who have most of these things have need still to pray for them, for there is so much blindness and hardness, pride and death remaining, that they still need to have that work of God wrought upon them, further to enlighten and enliven them, that shall be bringing them out of darkness into God's marvelous light. 
and be a kind of new conversion and resurrection from the dead. There are very few requests that are proper for an impenitent man that are not also in some sense proper for the godly. Number three. When you hear a sermon, hear for yourself. Though what is spoken be more specifically directed to the unconverted, or to those that in other respects are in different circumstances from yourself, yet let the chief intent of your mind be to consider, in what respect is this applicable to me, and what improvement ought I to make of this for my own soul's good. Number four. Though God has forgiven and forgotten your past sins, yet do not forget them yourself. Often remember what a wretched bond slave you were in the land of Egypt. Often bring to mind your particular acts of sin before conversion, as a blessed apostle Paul is often mentioning his old blaspheming, persecuting spirit, and his injuriousness to the renewed, humbling his heart and acknowledging that he was the least of the apostles and not worthy to be called an apostle and the least of all saints and the chief of sinners, and be often confessing your old sins to God. And let that text be often in your mind, Ezekiel 16, verse 63, that you may remember and be confounded and never open your mouth any more because of your shame when I am pacified towards you for all that you have done, says the Lord God. Number five. Remember that you have more cause on some accounts a thousand times to lament and humble yourselves for sins that have been committed since conversion than before, because of the infinitely greater obligations that are upon you to live to God and to look upon the faithfulness of Christ in unchangeably continuing his loving kindness, notwithstanding all your great unworthiness since your conversion. Number six. Be always greatly abased for your remaining sin, and never think that you lie low enough for it. But yet be not discouraged or disheartened by it. For though we are exceeding sinful, yet we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, the preciousness of whose blood, the merit of whose righteousness, and the greatness of whose love and faithfulness, infinitely overtop the highest mountains of our sins. Number seven. When you engage in the duty of prayer, or come to the Lord's Supper, or attend any other duty of divine worship, come to Christ as Mary Magdalene did. Luke 7, 37 and 38. Come and cast yourself at his feet and kiss them, and pour forth upon him the sweet-perfumed ointment of divine love out of a pure and broken heart, as she poured the precious ointment out of her pure, broken alabaster box. Number 8. Remember that pride is the worst viper that is in the heart, the greatest disturber of the soul's peace and of sweet communion with Christ. It was the first sin committed, and lies lowest in the foundation of Satan's whole building, and is with the greatest difficulty rooted out, and is the most hidden, secret, and deceitful of all lusts, and often creeps insensibly into the midst of religion, 
even sometimes under the disguise of humility itself. Number nine, that you may pass a correct judgment concerning yourself, always look upon those as the best discoveries and the best comforts that have most of these two effects, those that make you least and lowest and most like a child, and those that most engage and fix your heart in a full and firm disposition to deny yourself for God and to spend and be spent for Him. Number 10. If at any time you fall into doubts about the state of your soul in dark and dull frames of mind, it is proper to review your past experience, but do not consume too much time and strength in this way. Rather, apply yourselves with all your might to a pledged pursuit after renewed experience, new light, and new lively acts of faith and love. Our new discovery of the glory of Christ's faith will do more towards scattering clouds of darkness in one minute than examining old experience by the best marks it can be given through a whole year. Number 11. When the exercise of grace is low and corruption prevails, and by that means fear prevails, do not desire to have fear cast out any other way than by the reviving and prevailing of love in the heart. By this, fear will be effectually expelled as darkness in a room vanishes away when the pleasant beams of the sun are let into it. Number 12. When you counsel and warn others, do it earnestly and affectionately and thoroughly. And when you are speaking to your equals... Let your warnings be intermixed with expressions of your sense of your own unworthiness and the sovereign grace that makes you differ. Number 13. If you would set up religious meetings of young women by yourselves to be attended once in a while, besides the other meetings that you attend, I should think it would be very proper and profitable. Number 14. Under special difficulties or when in great need of or great longings after any particular mercy for yourself or others. Set apart a day for secret prayer and fasting by yourself alone, and let the day be spent not only in petitions for the mercies you desire, but in searching your heart and in looking over your past life and confessing your sins before God, not as is accustomed to be done in public prayer, but by a very particular rehearsal before God of the sins of your past life, from your childhood hitherto, before and after conversion, with the circumstances and aggravations attending them, and spreading all the abominations of your heart very particularly and fully as possible before Him. Number 15. Do not let the adversaries of the cross have occasion to reproach religion on your account. How holily should the children of God, the redeemed and the beloved of the Son of God, behave themselves. Therefore walk as children of the light and of the day, and adorn the doctrine of God your Savior, and especially abound in what are called the Christian virtues, and make you like the Lamb of God to be meek and lowly of heart, and full of pure, heavenly, and humble love to all,
abound in deeds of love to others, and self-denial for others, and let there be in you a disposition to account others better than yourself. Number 16. In all your course, walk with God and follow Christ as a little, poor, helpless child, taking hold of Christ's hand, keeping your eye on the marks of the wounds in his hands and side, whence came the blood that cleanses you from sin, and hiding your nakedness under the skirt of the white, shiny robes of his righteousness. Number 17. Pray much for the pastors in the church of God, especially that he would carry on his glorious work, which he has now begun, until the world shall be full of his glory. Particularly, I would beg a special interest in your prayers and the prayers of your Christian companions, both when you are alone and when you are together, for your affectionate friend who rejoices over you and desires to be your servant. In Jesus Christ, Jonathan Edwards. Stillwater's Revival Books is now located at PuritanDownloads.com. It's your worldwide online Reformation home for the very best in free and discounted classic and contemporary Puritan and Reformed books, MP3s, and videos. For much more information on the Puritans and Reformers, including the best free and discounted classic and contemporary books, MP3s, digital downloads, and videos, please visit Stillwater's Revival Books at PuritanDownloads.com. Stillwater's Revival Books also publishes the Puritan Hard Drive, the most powerful and practical Christian study tool ever produced. All thanks and glory be to the mercy, grace, and love of the Lord Jesus Christ for this remarkable and wonderful new Christian study tool. The Puritan Hard Drive contains over 12,500 of the best Reformation books, MP3s, and videos ever gathered onto one portable Christian study tool. An extraordinary collection of Puritan, Protestant, Calvinistic, Presbyterian, Covenanter, and Reformed Baptist resources. It's fully upgradable and it's small enough to fit in your pocket. The Puritan hard drive combines an embedded database containing many millions of records with the most amazing and extraordinary custom Christian search and research software ever created. The Puritan hard drive has been produced to assist you in the fascinating and exhilarating spiritual, intellectual, familial, ecclesiastical, and societal adventure that is living the Christian life. It has been specifically designed so that you might more faithfully know, serve, and love the Lord Jesus Christ, as well as to help you to do all you can to bring glory to His great name. If you want to love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, then the Puritan hard drive is for you. Visit PuritanDownloads.com today for much more information on the Puritan hard drive and to take advantage of all the free and discounted Reformation and Puritan books, MP3s, and videos that we offer at Stillwater's Revival Books.